0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the Jake Brown Show, Entercom's radio.com podcast network. The first time we have officially said that as the Entercom and CBS radio merger is official, CBS radio is no more. It's bizarre. It's crazy to say it. But now the Jake Brown Show is part of the Entercom Podcast Network. A couple archived interviews for you this Thanksgiving week. Hope everyone has a great, happy Thanksgiving on Thursday. Today we have a basketball legend, the Hall of Famer, Kings assistant head coach Nancy Lieberman, fellow New Yorker. Uh, she's played. She played a little bit in a game in the WNBA for the Detroit Shock. She coached the Shock. Texas legend, and she's been the assistant for the Kings since 2015. Uh, Joining me for the interview is Justin McMahon, my good friend, the UNC student who started Daily Fantasy Insider. You can check them out for all your Daily Fantasy sports needs, and uh, if you want to win your leagues, uh, they'll help you out there. So Justin McMahon joins me, and Wednesday you'll hear me and Justin co-host, and these interviews are from early October uh, you'll hear us with Luke Robitaille, Robita- excuse me, the president of the Kings. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Jake Brown Show. Subscribe on iTunes, rate, review, rate five stars. Do all you want to do, and follow us on Spotify as well to hear all our episodes. Here, as we're part of the Entercom Podcast Network. Um, so enjoy this interview, Jake Brown, Justin McMahon of the Jake Brown Show, with basketball Hall of Famer and Kings assistant coach. And a lady I've interviewed a few times and is always a wonderful interview and a great woman, uh, Nancy Lieberman.
1: So Nancy, we'll get into some Kings basketball soon, uh, but before we do, I just wanted to kind of start with looking back at your childhood from breaking the Jets' lamp when you tried to play football and being told you you couldn't play baseball and and then finally finding basketball. How far have we come for women participating in sports and and, uh, where do you see it going in the near future?
2: I mean, you're seeing it at all different levels with uh, people like myself or Becky in the NBA. And then, you know, uh, Jen Walter, you know, had that internship with the the Arizona Cardinals, which opened the door for, you know, Colette Smith, who's with the New York Jets and um, uh, the San Francisco 49ers just, you know, gave um, a woman a chance to be one of their uh, coaches. So it's big stuff. I mean, this is really important. And if one of us gets a job and nobody else does, it's a tragedy. So I'm glad to see us moving along.
1: Absolutely. And I like, I like where things are going in the front office, as you talked about. But as far as maybe seeing women playing on the field, do you think that a female pitcher in the MLB comes first or a kicker in the NFL? Or neither? Oh,
2: it's hard <laughs> to say. It, it's really hard to say. I mean, that's so hypothetical. Right. Um, uh, you know, I, I remember when I was playing, you know, when I was playing for the Lakers back in the 80s or I played in the USBL. I mean, that's kind of really cool to be able to play. Uh, it's a little bit, a lot more difficult, I might add. But to be able to coach or do TV or be a part of that, I mean, that shouldn't be that difficult.
1: Right. No doubt. No doubt.
2: That's, that's just opportunity.
1: For sure. And to to move to your role with the Kings... Uh, you're an assistant coach there right now, and they've got a lot of young players. And so, what's your mentality when it comes to older guys like Zach Randolph and Vince Carter compared to some of these younger guys like De'Aaron Fox and Justin Jackson?
2: Uh, with veterans, and you develop young people uh, that has been in everything from, you know, from business to sports, um, we, we have to learn from a lot of the younger players because they have so much energy and enthusiasm and they're just really working hard. So that's one thing, but the the other side of that is you absolutely have to continue to teach and stay, uh, just stay very focused on the fundamentals of what you're teaching. And I mean, look at the, the team that have, you know, had long-term sustainability and growth, you know, look at the Warriors, I mean, look at the Cavaliers, look what they're doing in Miami, look at the, the San Antonio Spurs. You, you want to be like that because everything they do is rooted in, in fundamentals.
1: Right. I'm, I'm, I go to school in North Carolina, I'm a senior here at UNC, so I'm, I would love to see Justin Jackson have an excellent career. Could you give me a quick scouting report for of your take of what you're seeing in camp from him?
2: Well, you've seen, uh, you've seen him probably as much as anybody. He's, he, he, and he played summer league. He's just really talented. We've got a lot of talented young people. I mean, think about it. You know, Harry Giles and, uh, uh, you know, Justin and, and, and uh, you know, De'Aaron. And there's just so many good players in this league. Time will tell. You know, time will tell. I mean, uh, look at Willie. Willie Collie stein is a young player. He's probably still on his rookie contract. And, you know, he's one of our most, uh, the most veteran players. Right. Nick Scal is one of the most talented. So uh, there's just you, re- you really can't have a scouting report this early. You have to be able to look at where people are developing, not only on the Kings, but around the league, because there's such an infusion of talent.
0: Lady Magic on with Jake Brown here and Justin McMahon on the other. And um, following up on Justin Jackson, I mean, you guys have a heck of a draft night. I mean, you get De'Aaron Fox, you get Justin Jackson, and you get Frank Mason. You had to be jumping for joy when you end up with three studs like that in one night.
2: Well, uh, you have to give a lot of credit, right, to to Vlade, uh, the scouts, you know, everybody has their job to do. You know, Vlade, I think, just got rewarded with an extended contract. And, you know, Dave Yeager is just brilliant. So it's pretty cool a, to have a draft like that. And it's certainly the future is bright in Sacramento. Buddy
0: he- Buddy Heald, you guys acquire him. You see a little bit of him. What do you like in his game? And obviously being uh, the potential explosive scorer that he can be.
2: Well, that's what he is. He's a professional scorer. I mean, he's going to get better each and every possession. Uh, he, he can end up possibly like a Rudy Gay because he has a good-sized body, and you know, he just knows how to get his shot off, how to get to the rim. He's not a bad passer. Uh, so there's always a place in the league for someone who can shoot the basketball.
1: And I, I mentioned him earlier, Vince Carter, obviously UNC graduate. Uh, I wonder every time he gets traded if this will be the last team that he plays on And how much longer do you think this amazing career can go? He's already 40 years old, and uh, I'm excited to see how he does in, in this year with the Kings, and I hope he can mentor these young guys. But how much longer do you think he's going to be able to play?
2: I have to tell you, Vince Carter is one of the nicest guys I've ever been around. He is such a pro's pro. He understands what his responsibility is and what he has to bring. And he's a phenomenal athlete that takes care of his body, and he realizes that, you know, he still has the ability, uh, you saw it, he still has the ability to jump, yeah. to dunk on you. A lot, of, a lot of people lose, you know, when they get in their mid-30s, they lose a little bit of what they had. And uh, by the grace of God, he's been able to sustain a lot of that athleticism.
1: Yeah, he has. And he's, a-
2: he's really, he gets it, he gets it. He's, he'll be a great coach one day. I um, bet. You know, I've I've had a chance to spend, you know, over the course uh, of, even when he was in Memphis, time with him, and he just gets it. He's a really good guy. He gets the fans, he gets the business side of it, and he knows how to take care of himself.
1: Yeah, he had some sweet dunks last year, and uh, I I just, I I hope he can keep doing it forever. It's fun to watch.
0: Well, we could talk about Vince playing till 40, but Nancy, you were out on the floor for the Detroit Shock at age 50. How the heck did you do that?
2: (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because a lot of players uh, still ask me that. Guys from, like, uh, guys in the NBA like Kobe who played and other, other players to Larry Fitzgerald, you know, with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, uh, you know, I take care of my body. I played at 39, and uh, I felt good when Be- uh, Bill Lambeer asked me if I thought I could play at 50. And it was really a pretty cool moment. And it wasn't about being the best or anything like that. It was just, is it possible for me to be able, you know, to respect the game, but still get on the court? And I I just love it. I just, there's not a day I, I think I've ever had that I haven't loved basketball. And as long as your body feels good and you take care of it, then you have a chance. You know, um, if you're injured, you, you know, you, the knees are the first thing that goes. I mean, those things just take a pounding over time. But it it was fun. And you should see the, just the respect from people to know, uh, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, hockey, that you would have a willingness to go on the court at 50 years old and, and put it on the line against 25-year-olds.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And you could still ball today because I think the last time I spoke to you, you said you beat someone in uh... – I forget who, but a, a free throw competition. Uh, what's your game like now?
2: Oh, you're talking about Rondo? Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh, Rondo. <laughs> Rondo. Oh, Rondo. Oh, who could it beat Rondo in a free throw competition? <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: we had a season-long foul shooting contest. He owed me a lot of dinners, and we settled when my son came to town, and uh, we had dinner at his house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I think
2: it was a fair trade-off. His chef cooked for us. It was pretty nice.
1: Are you able to help him with his free throw form?
2: Yeah, of course, that's my job.
1: I know I'm I a just, coach. I break yeah. it
2: down. I give him skills. We we we, we go to the fundamentals.
1: So it's it really a, cool. Will it be a proud day or a sad day if if he beats you in the free throw shooting competition?
2: Uh, it would be a proud day for me because our job as coaches, our, our job as parents, is to make people better, and that's the only thing that that matters.
0: You, you mentioned your son, Nancy uh, T.J. Klein. Obviously, you had a great career at Richmond. And now he's going to play in Turkey. Uh, What's your thoughts on him going overseas to play and hopefully get him back here in a year or so?
2: Well, he's overseas right now, as you said. He's playing for Galatasaray, which is uh, one of the the top two or three teams in the Turkish league. Uh, So it's not like he's going to Finland or something where he's going to put up extraordinary numbers and just be playing against a lower level. He's a pure rookie. Uh, His teammates, uh, it's no joke in Turkey. I mean. Uh, You remember Joe Alexander, correct, Mm -hmm. who was a lottery pick, played for me when I was uh, coaching uh, the Mavericks D-League team. And Joe called me after TJ got signed, and he goes, Coach, Coach, you're not going to believe this. But, you know, I don't know what you know about Europe, but uh, Gala Gala doesn't sign 23-year-old kids. They don't pay these kids. They sign people like me who are, you know, 28, 29, 30, 31, They want proven NBA players. And he said they must really like him if they're paying him and bringing him over. So I didn't really understand, to be quite honest, uh, how important this thing was uh, from that club's perspective. And it's tough. I mean, he's playing against grown men uh, who are NBA caliber, and he's out there, you know, grinding every single day. You know, it's kind of nice that we get to uh, FaceTime with each other Uh, That's the saving grace here.
0: What is he eating over there? I mean, I don't know Turkish food that well, but uh, has he told you what his daily meals look like?
2: No, no, you know, I'm sure they have some training table uh, meals, but no, I have not gotten into what he's eating. I can just see his body and know that he doesn't have a lot of body fat. He's getting bigger, stronger, you know, lifting. And he, you know, I'd rather him play against guys that are better than him because they'll take him up to the next level.
1: Do you think you'll have a chance to go out there and visit him?
2: Uh, possibly, you know, possibly, because with my, with my mom, she's been sick. Uh, the last couple of years, I've had to take leave of absence from the team. And, I, you know, uh, so we'll have to see. You know, I mean, coaching in the NBA for me is really exciting, and I feel very blessed. But if I don't, because I, I want to have no regrets in my life, and, you know, being there for my mom or being there for my son is very important to me.
0: Have you, have you spoken with Becky at all about coaching? Like, do you guys talk on pretty often about coaching in this league?
2: Yeah, Becky and I have been friends since she was in college. I was calling her games and, you know, um, I, I think I've been a good friend and mentor to her. And I'm really proud of everything Becky's done. So, you know, sometimes people try to pitch you against each other. Uh, nobody's in a race to be the first head coach. We're in a race to get more women, you know, up to speed on the NBA and learn the system and make, you know, create relationships and just put your head down and do your job.
0: Everyone. And she's really
2: good. She's very bright.
0: Yeah. And she's doing a terrific job in the Spurs. I mean, a first class organization and that Western conference, Nancy, is absolutely stacked. And now Mellow comes to Oklahoma city Adds another team that's a title contender. What's your thoughts on kind of everyone going from the East to the West and how stacked this uh, Western Conference has become?
2: Well, you know, years ago it was the East. It's uh, cyclical. you know, it depends on who's doing well and what the drafting uh, situation looks like. But right now the West, you're right. and, And everybody's loading up, but there's been super teams, you know, everybody acts like they don't, remember history, the Celtics were a super team. You know, the Lakers had super teams, uh, with hall of famers, the New York Knicks had, you know, uh, Bill Bradley, Dave DeBusher, Walt Frazier, uh, you know, they had super teams. Uh, so right now you're just seeing more and more people, uh, who realize you cannot win in the NBA with one or two great players. You've got to have three or four and they're loading up and, Certainly the teams in the West, they have to figure out how to match up against uh, the Warriors uh, and their scoring and their length and their defense. And they're doing it right now. I mean, Oklahoma City, I, I mean, Sam Presti is amazing. I, I, I texted him the other night, and I just went, wow. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I did the TV before I went to the Kings. I did the TV for three years uh, for the Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just a great organization, uh, top to bottom. So um, they're, they're going to be a witch to play against. Uh, teams are coming, and you have to be ready. You can't sit still. You've got to keep you know, moving and, and getting better.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a really amazing stat that Carmelo Anthony was 58.6% shooter on catch-and-shoot jump shots last year. So I, I think that the idea that the three of them won't be able to play together, uh, as in George and uh, Russell and Carmelo – I actually was kind of in that camp originally. I thought these guys have the highest usage rates. How are they going to be on the floor together? But I think Melo will take a backseat as far as his dribbling per possession, which he led the league in and holding the ball. I think he's going to move into more of a catch-and-shoot kind of guy and could actually really make that a good team.
2: It's interesting that people say that uh, because I, I don't mean to be rude, but you don't know what you don't know. Right? Carmelo Anthony has played on Olympic teams. He has been the ultimate Olympian, playing with the greats of greats. He'll be just fine. He will figure out where he fits in with, with Billy's offense. And what he did in New York is going to be totally different than what he does in Oklahoma City. And it doesn't mean that he can't get on the block and get the ball and massage it and, and you know, get one-on-one every now and again. But you're going to move the basketball. He's going to be hard to guard. He'll, you know, he might end up playing the four. So, yeah. I mean, everything in the NBA goes through the four uh, when they're turning the ball to the second side. So he's going to be fine. It's like everybody going, well, you know, Chris Paul had the highest usage rate of dribbles, you know, him and, um, and Russell Westbrook. These guys just want to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have, they're multimillionaires. They're uber-stars, and the one thing they don't have is a ring. And so they are going to be willing to sacrifice for the good of the team. So I, I don't I don't ever think these guys can't do it. They can.
0: Yeah, and I think Mel is going to benefit a lot from getting the ball from guys that aren't Mendozkas, Kuzminskis, and Ron Baker. He's got a couple of stars now. Uh, last one for me, uh, Wade going with LeBron. I mean, pairing up again. Probably didn't even need him to win the Eastern Conference this Cavs team, Nancy, from 1 to 12 might be right there with the Warriors as the deepest roster in the league.
2: Well, first of all, T. Lou is a great coach. He has such a great high basketball IQ, had it as a player, has brought it as uh, an assistant, and now as a head coach. So don't, don't sleep on, on the Cavs right now. I mean, they still, that, you know who did they lose? You know, they lost Kyrie, but, you know, they get Derrick Rose. They'll, they'll get Isaiah back uh, probably January And now, you know, I was just with Dwayne a couple weeks ago at the Hall of Fame. Dwayne is in incredible shape. Mm -hmm. I kept saying, you're so skinny. Are you now a runway model? (laughs) Uh, he, he, He just looked fantastic. And, you know, I texted him the other night, you know, congratulations, because he gets to play towards the end or at the end of his career with one of his best buddies. How many people in life? would love to be able to work and hang out every day with your best friend and play, and he still has stuff, you know, in the tank. And he's going to be a great complimentary uh, player. And what I loved more than anything was J.R. saying, look, if I have to come off the bench, I'll come off the bench. If I'll do whatever coach wants me to do, uh, for the sake of the team. yeah, the, And, and that's, that's a winner winner's mentality right there.
1: I think the Cavs are better off with all the players that just want to win and have a good team mentality. I think once Kyrie says uh, that that he's no longer interested in winning as much as he's interested in being the guy, I, I think you definitely want him out of town. And, and bringing in guys like Wade and Thomas, I think they're actually going to be a better team this year.
2: Well, Isaiah Thomas is a good friend of mine. And I have the ultimate respect for, for him and his fearlessness and just his mental toughness. We saw what happened, you know, going through the playoffs with the loss of his sister. Uh, he's got an incredible heart and he's a good teammate. And so whatever anybody says about Isaiah Thomas, uh, I'll, I'll take him on my team because he just continues to have the heart of a lion and, and he's going to bring a lot to the locker room and I, I'm really proud of him.
0: Yeah, and, and uh was just breaking news that came in. Westbrook has now signed a six-year, 233 million-dollar deal, the largest contract in NBA history. So.
2: That, that is unbelievable. I, I hope he sends some of that my way. You know, I have a
1: kid. <laughs> Retweet. That would be nice.
2: But, again, let me tell you something about Russell. Russell comes to the gym. He doesn't have a posse He's friendly, he, he's business-like, he's a, a great husband, a good family guy, and he's loyal. I mean, how can you beat that? Those are the people you want to align yourself with. And what he did last year, it was nothing short of uh, phenomenal. You know, uh, we, we had a, a Legends Conference uh, with the uh, NBA Retired Players Association uh, in New Orleans at the uh, All-Star Game. And so I was with uh, Oscar Robertson, and Oscar was just, I mean, over the top singing the praises of what Russell Westbrook did uh, this season, well, this last season. So uh, he's to be admired as a man, but he's also to be admired uh, for his tenacity.
1: For sure. Well, we're going to go ahead and let you go, Nancy. You've been great, but before we do, I, I have to get your, uh, your NBA Finals prediction for this season.
2: I can't predict.
1: Oh, true, true. King's okay. Cavs. King's, cows. King's
2: but thank Cavs. You, thank you for allowing that. Thank you for even asking me. King's Cavs, uh, that's all i are we'll going with. I can't do that. I can't
1: do that. All right, well, uh, you've been great. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. All right,
0: Nancy.
2: Okay, bye-bye. Take care.
1: Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.